Before we get started tonight, I just wanted to say that our hearts and prayers go out to the people of Ukraine uh, tonight and for the rest of the time that this conflict goes on. Uh, here in America, we can't really you know, fathom how they're feeling, but we can um, you know, empathize and, and try, to, try to just support them in ways that we can, but we do um, are thinking of you guys and uh, be safe. We're back with another episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. Uh, I'm your fill-in host, Alex Lovell, joined tonight by Will Caves. Will, how are you doing? I'm back. I'm doing great. I feel like I play as much as um, Fabio Aurelio used to. <laughs> yeah, um, that's as much as that's as often as I'm on the pod. I come in, score a cool goal. I'm out for two weeks or two. Yeah, months. you're like a you're your modern day Minamino. That's what it is. You, right. you make a random appearances, but you've now collected 50 club appearances overall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I find, somehow cobbled it all together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a bit since we've been able to record last. Unfortunately, with schedules and all sorts of stuff, this kind of turned into a once a month podcast, but it gives us a lot to catch up on. And luckily, what we are catching up on this time is very positive uh, i think the last time we recorded it was right before the cardiff fa cup match which started a didn't really start it was in the middle of a streak of wins um since then we've had i mean obviously that win over cardiff the win over leicester uh the win over burnley which now seems like a huge accomplishment based on recent form uh the the win over inter milan uh, the win over Norwich, and then I, I don't even want to call it a win. The, just the absolute uh, dismemberment of Leeds. Um, so, I mean, a, a huge, hugely successful month for Liverpool Football Club with a lot of results. Um, and I, there's a lot to talk about, but I'll, I'll let you go ahead and start just with what what stood out to you the most in this, this run of wins. Well, I feel like the, the last time I recorded, we were – about to sign Van Dyke. So that, that actually, that worked out pretty well. Um, and here we are. No, I, you know, I unfortunately have missed some of this surge. I actually did get to watch some of AFCON and, and see, um, you know, how I love that tournament. It's so, and, and that's not kind of sort of to do with Liverpool, but like that tournament's so fun because the local butcher can play against, you know, Koulibaly and it, not do much, but it's still cool to see like how that, you know, it, it, you'd see Salah versus the, you know, the candlestick maker from, you know, a, 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 one of the African countries. And it's just cool. Like the, the, that you don't get much of that in a major tournament. You get it during qualifying every now and then, but it's cool to see it on a big stage like that. Um, obviously you hate that it came down to Mane versus Salah, but you know, at least, one of them won. Congratulations to Mo, uh, to Sadio and to Mo for getting that far. Um, I, I do think that Sadio needed it more. I think Mo maybe needed it for like validation, like Ballon d'Or validation, which is that's sad because he is the best player in the world right mm-hmm. now, in my opinion. But Sadio, I think for form and for confidence and for and just kind of to not get lost in Mo's shadow even further than he sort of has needed it. Um, 
you know, kudos to Senegal for winning. And it's re- you've really seen since they came back. Uh, if if kind of the sentiment that I had and that others had is if we could make it through AFCON without the wheels falling off, that we'd be in a really good spot. And we did that. The wheels fell off after they got back yeah. with um, Firmino and Jota getting injured. But you know, this this run of games has been really excellent, and we haven't, except for Burnley, which is not really an indication of anything we haven't really looked troubled in many of these games lately mm-hmm. um i mean <laughs> leads walloped leads and and enter was not too hard um norwich was aside from kind of a crap goal was i mean it's norwich but you know i i think that we are on title winning form and we just need to win the title and so um, I've, it's been very exciting to watch um, the games that I have been able to pick up and see just how good this team actually is when we don't have five people injured at one time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had the full squad fit for about 10 minutes before we lost some people to injury. Uh, and I guess that was the trade-off for Joel Matip getting a goal finally from <laughs> one of his marauding runs. Like, that's that's what it cost. It cost Jota and Firmino. Uh, in order for it to work, but Worth yeah, I, we've we've just been so good. And to your point, like we were talking about surviving Afcon without two of the best players in the world, and we did it just fine, really. And, and in fact, became better for it. And like we ended up working in some players back from injury. We ended up finding some new kind of like midfield relationships. Uh, even Nabi came back and wasn't injured. That's a huge win. Um, and he's showed pretty well when he played, but I mean, the, in addition to Sadio and Mo coming back and being on form, like we get to see Tiago and Fabinho play together in the midfield again. And I think they still only conceded four goals when they're on the field at the same time this season, which is just absolutely absurd. But like, I, it's, it's so much fun watching this team. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're so spoiled. Even, even when we didn't have Mo and Sadio, it was just, we clearly are on an uptick in momentum and, it's the right time to be doing that. And you really can see sort of what Klopp sees and you kind of see the plan that he has been deprived of, you know, since, since we had injuries and stuff, he hasn't been able to have the whole squad at his disposal, but you see, you know, Sadio come through and you see, you know, Mo come in, you see Jota. I mean, you look at the scoring charts, like it, it tells sort of the story the top three are all on our team. Mo is obviously ahead above everybody else, but even Sadio, who you would say maybe hasn't had his best season, is in third and only one goal behind Jota, who is having the season of his life. You know, and so it's it's just um, it's just really fun to watch this team, and it's really fun to see kind of how when all the pieces are available, who gets plugged in where. I really like this in at Leeds. Mane as the as the nine the false nine that worked out really well. I think Luis Diaz, who we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure has been really nice and has has been something that we've been missing and we may not have even realized it. And then also, you see Elliot's back. You you start seeing that rotation as well. The midfield doesn't seem quite as empty anymore. It's just really fun to see everything together. Yeah, Elliot comes back and scores at the cop end in his first match, and it was just. Like, it was so satisfying and so wonderful to see him after starting so brightly and getting that stamped out 
with a terrible tackle, but then to come back and hit so strong and then to start in a Champions League match away at the San Siro, like that's how much trust that Klopp has in him. And that's the form and the way he's been able to bounce back. And and, and you, we have the top three goal scorers in the league right now. We have the top three assist makers in the league right now. Like it's, it's a testament to the lax financial rules of the Premier League that a team has that in both charts and are not top of the table, which is incredibly frustrating. But we're we're making our way up there. We're only three points back, and we we have the results going our way. We have the feel good factor. We have players coming back. We have. I mean, you see someone like Curtis Jones who doesn't make the squad two matches in a row and then starts at Leeds and has a absolutely fantastic just game. so good, so good. And these players are feeding off of each other and growing off of each other. And yeah, I mean, why don't we talk about Luis Diaz right now? Like someone who has not been on the team for more than a month, but looks like he's been in the squad for 10 years. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, if you watch him, you see kind of so, what he brings, the directness that he brings. He's more of a traditional winger than Mane and Salah are, but the pace is obviously there. He's he's a little raw still. I mean, you can tell he hasn't really been with. I mean, you, he looks like he's been with the team for you know five years, but at the same time, you can sort of tell like he's an unfinished product, and mm-hmm. he's still got so much more to to grow into, and that's really fun. I like his attitude; seems to be um, really positive. I also like how we use him. He kind of floats, which is fun. We haven't. You you sort of see like Salah kind of he'll float, but he sticks to that right side. Mane floats a good bit, but Diaz seems to be just ready to turn on the burners at any moment, which is super fun. Um, I'm ready for him to have his, you know, I've arrived moment. You know, his big goal against a big team, or you know, or you know, multiple a brace, a hat trick, whatever. It's 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 coming. But it, because he's just too good, and he's too—he's been so dominant when he's on the field that uh, I, I look forward to that, and I'm excited that we got him. Yeah, I, he has settled in. Maybe the only other person in recent memory. Uh, I was having this discussion with some other Liverpool friends. Like, you can't really say that Salah and Mane came in and like settled with the squad because they made the house that everyone's settling in. Because like the team was drastically different before them, so it's not like they were fitting in. They were making the new future, and the only other person who's come in and fit in so well that I can think of is Jota. Like, there's so many similarities. Maybe <laughs> not in exactly how they play, but in the way that they've slotted in, they've understood the assignment. They get where they need to go. Uh, maybe there's like some miscues with the the nature of the runs with the fullbacks, but you, you look at everything that they're bringing to the team and it's already there and they're having instant impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, an assist in his first match and a cameo appearance and then a goal in his first league match with, against Norwich. Like you can't really ask for much more out of a new signing. And you just hear these comments from the club, surprisingly in English, since they clearly are speaking Portuguese with Pep Linders and Victor, Victor Matos, but like, he's just, he gets it. He gets the pressing. He gets what he needs to do. He's asking questions. He's participating in training. He's just blowing everybody away. And it's uh, again, like we, I know we complain about it quite a bit, but when we did make a signing, it actually was a very, very, very smart signing. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) kudos to the team. Well, and, and the fun part about the, 
the signing, like you, you, you mentioned Jota there uh, in recent memory and correct me if I'm wrong. You, we've had of all the people we've signed, you know, maybe not necessarily since Klopp's been here, but in a good while, the people that have slotted right in other than the usual suspects, you see Van Dijk slotted right in, Jota slotted right in, Thiago slotted right in, and now Diaz slots right in. And of those people, maybe Diaz has less of a nailed on starting spot. Um, Jota had to earn his, but he also came at a time when Firmino was going down, but you almost, you kind of forget that Diaz isn't like he's played so well that you, you kind of forget that, Hey, he doesn't actually start every game and, and he doesn't, he hasn't played with these people so long, as we said earlier, he just looks like he's been here forever. And it's, it's super fun. I really, I really liked, I think it was Ailing uh, that he beat uh, towards the end. He didn't, he didn't end up scoring, but he just, he just, completely roasted yeah it was like I, I said oh good this is this is incredible we i mean there's not many our team is our team is very intelligent and they use their speed intelligently but like money's sort of slowed down a little bit as he's gotten older and we really have lacked that pace on the left wing I mean, of course, Mo is sonic the hedgehog but like <laughs> i really enjoy having a fast winger that we can use. Yeah. And I mean, he, he, he takes that role. He's not just playing like the left wing. He's playing the Mane role when he's out there on the left. So when, as you commented, Mane was running through the middle, Diaz was doing what Mane would usually do, but bringing his own Diaz interpretation to it, uh, which was adding a lot and keeping everyone on their toes or in the case of Ailing on their backsides. So, I mean, he, he's just, I'm so excited and he, he's what we've been asking for. Like we've just been asking for more Jotas and more Samikas's Samikases, Samikai. Samikai. I, I think it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Samikai, but he's one of those players and uh, yeah, he cost a fair bit of money, but that's what players cost now. And he is clearly worth the investment and it's going to be devastating when someone breaks his ankle. Right. That's going to happen. Well, and you know, you, you talk about how much he costs. It's it's sometimes is frustrating, and I fall prey to this too. Like the, um, you look at other teams when they buy, like Chelsea, City, whatever. They'll go spend a hundred million and buy all these players that maybe we've been looking at. We haven't. Maybe we weren't. Maybe we were. Whatever, and and we don't get anybody in those particular windows and, and it it doesn't always feel great because you want the shiny new toy right mm-hmm. but time after time after time Klopp, edwards all these guys lenders they have shown that they know exactly what they want exactly what they're looking for and they're willing to wait on it and i think you'll see that i mean you see that with with diaz you see it with jota we don't price tag doesn't really stop us necessarily we're just looking for the player and and we'll pay 60 million for diaz and then turn around and pay you know what it's probably going to end up being like 5 million for Calvaria Calvaria mm-hmm. I can't say his name Carvalho um, car exhaust pipe yeah, that guy um who is probably going to be excellent as well but mm-hmm. you know costs you know 10% of what DS costs and it's 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 um it's a really cool system. It's cool to watch the system when it's working. When we have in, in you know injury troubles it it sometimes can feel like we don't know what we're doing, but it's very clear 
especially right now, like they have a plan and we, it, the, as our league table position shows it, it, something's working. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't just beat teams six nil and you don't just win this many matches in a row. I think it's 10 matches in a row with wins. Like that's, that doesn't just happen. And one of those is away in a champions league match uh, against a team that's competing for the title in Syria. So nothing to, to really like, I don't know, get, brush under the rug as some sort of measly accomplishment. And and, uh, you look at, we talk about fees and we talk about resources and we're competing against a team that doesn't have to worry about that. And we're still kind of going toe to toe with them. So it's, it's, it's super impressive to watch. And I mean, what a group of people, I guess, who have been even more impressive, arguably than the front three, uh, depending on who you ask is like the, the middle back three, you look at the rotation of, Matip and Konate and especially Van Dyke and and Will, what's stood out for you in these past ten wins that has really set it apart? Where we looked a little soft in the underbelly for a while, and now we look impenetrable again unless we give somebody a goal. It well, so I'll say this: when we signed Fabinho all those years ago, I think in that we did our season preview and I said that Fabinho is potentially going to be our most important signing that we've made in years. And in the past, since Christmas, especially, but in the past 10 games, you know, this, this particular part of the season, he has been invaluable, more important than anybody else on the field. You've seen Trent kind of fall off a little bit. Um, You've seen, I mean, Van Dyke is always excellent, but he Fabinho, he being Fabinho, has just been he, – he comes in with the perfect tackle at the perfect moment multiple times a game, saves, you know, how – Lord knows how many goals from being – and saves how many shots from being shot. He's excellent. So, I mean, that's one thing that you you watch and you're just like, we're fine. As long as Fabinho's on the field, we're good. Um, another one is um, – I really – I mentioned it earlier – since coming back from AFCON, Mane has been really, really good. Um, he hasn't, I mean, he's got three in his last five games up there. That might be wrong, but it's something, it's something like that. I mean, he's, he's scoring, he's playing really well. He's absolutely still got it. Um, and you know, those two, I think right now and over the past couple of games have been, you, you just look and you're like, all right, we're good. We're fine. Yeah, and I mean, not only did Fabinho contribute defensively, but while Mo and Sadio were away at Afcon, he had five goals. Uh, he, <laughs> That's right. he was bringing that to his game, and he's—I mean, he—he he plays holding mid, but the way we play, you see him regularly top of the box, <laughs> maybe thirty yards out, leading the press with the rotation, and that's one thing that's really clicked as well is that when he does that, we have intelligent players to fill in the gaps when we were maybe dropping points consistently or losing that, like that loss against Leicester where we looked tired. We just weren't doing that. We didn't have the right people in there to find that, that balance between the responsibilities. But I mean, even it, it, we found a way where, and I'll call it out again, you don't have to ask me twice to bring up Tiago, but Fabinho and Tiago, again, like the, the way they 
play off of each other, the way they understand what each other's doing at such a like essential level allows the more uh, like a penetrative attacking midfielder that plays in the three, whichever one that may be to go do what they do and be and cause trouble. I mean, Ox started from the wing, started from midfield, did that while we were missing players from AFCON. Saw Curtis Jones do it really well against Leeds. I mean, people come in and Henderson back to uh, the form that we expect from him, like bringing the, the noise, bringing the creative passing. I mean, that ball for Luis Diaz's goal against Norwich was absolutely fantastic, but we're, we're setting a table for ourselves in midfield. But, and, and I, you mentioned Fabinho because it reminds me of the, the post-match interview at Burnley where the commentator was like, Burnley had a fair few chances, didn't they? And he was like, huh? Because they were all offside. And that's one thing that our back line has been doing so well is they have been playing that line really well. And when it does happen to get beat, you see Virgil especially looking pre-ACL tear, effortless, effortlessly striding next to these strikers, nudging them off the ball, winning it back, reading them, reading the game, uh, and allowing Matip to go on his adventures throughout the midfield. So that, that's one thing that's really impressed me for these 10 matches is that our, our center back pairings look imperious again, whether it's Virgil and Matip or Virgil and Kanate um, or Virgil and the linesman, like we're still finding ways <laughs> right. to, to keep people out. And it's kind of maybe benefiting us that people are having so many offside chances. Cause now everybody thinks we suck at defense. <laughs> well, it- I hate, I hate the way they call offside yeah. right now. It's awful. But, you know, I'll, I'll say you mentioned everybody but him, but Joe Gomez also had a really good cameo. It, you kind of forget that we also yeah. have him on the bench, you know, who has dealt with some injury issues. And in, in my opinion, of the four center backs is still number two behind Virgil. Um, Matip is great, obviously, and probably right now he's better. But I think Joe... I, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like, Joe and Konate are the future, right? And, like, mm-hmm. as long as he can stay healthy, that pairing can play together for, you know, like, eight years or something crazy. Yeah. Um, so he's he's been good as well. I think Robbo is back to form. Trent's got a little dip. He had some – he's had some cu- a couple of uncharacteristically bad passing sequences and some pretty poor turnovers. But – I wouldn't say he's playing bad. He just is not playing at the best player in the world level that he was for a little while. But overall, yeah, our defense is is phenomenal. I mean, obviously they've the offside trap. You can watch, you can see it coming just about on every every attack that the other team makes. Like you, you see them watching each other. You see them even even if they're chasing the ball, they'll glance over real quick to make sure their lines are are steady. And it's it's just it's really fun to watch that sort of technicality work. Um, whereas, you know, to if you haven't watched this team forever, if you don't like soccer as much as we do, you watch it and you think, oh, they suck. You know, like uh, they're getting beat all the time. No, they know exactly what they're doing and it's and it's it works and it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think I think our defense is like you said, it looks wonderful. And even Allison has been really well. They've been playing really well lately. Yeah, I mean, he forced Jaden Sancho to get back on form and try to catch up in terms of assists. Uh, he finally passed Allison, I think, this past weekend, which is insane. But, yeah, it's a testament to how good he is as a keeper that 
if he doesn't end up having to do that much in actual play, like Jordan will have to make save attempts on offside chances. But when we do need him to make saves, he will make those saves. And he might've had a, a little accident at the beginning of the Leeds match, but from there he was completely secure and it was just more of an accident again, like rather than something dumb, but yeah, I, I know we've covered everybody, but everybody is playing well. We're getting performances off the bench. We're getting performances when people are filling in for uh, other members of the lineup. And I think it puts us in a really good spot going into this weekend where we're competing for our first piece of silverware of the season. So, Will, what are you expecting out of this match against Chelsea? Well, assuming that, you know, if they freeze Abramovich's assets, yeah. uh, we may win by default. Uh, of course, that's not going to happen. I think that Chelsea is not, I mean, they just, they just lost uh, a game they really shouldn't have lost. And they, Chelsea's so weird because they'll go on these runs, these like 10 game runs where they'll, the they'll go undefeated and they'll beat people like 4-0, 3-0, whatever. And they'll beat good teams. Like they'll, you know, and it's it's you think, okay, well, Chelsea's awesome. And then they have a game like they just had where they lose to the bottom place team. And it's just it it just sucks. So it's, it depends on what Chelsea we get. Um they are scary and probably, in my opinion, are more I like teams that will come at us except for Chelsea. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, like city. I'm not worried about the city game. It'll be close. It'll probably be nil, nil or one, one or whatever. But like Chelsea is actually scary when they're on form. And I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if we'll, if we start Kelleher, which is, I believe the plan, um, you lose a little bit of that certainty at the back, but Kelleher is, you know, the best number two in the league and would start for probably anything below the top six, uh, you know, in, in, in goal. So that's, it's a little unfair to him to say that, but he's just, you know, he doesn't play all the time. But other than that, I mean, I think it probably see our best lineup go out there and we will finally win the corn cob cup. <laughs> yeah. It's about time we win some corn cobs and I I'm scared of Chelsea, but for different reasons, like I think we should have beaten them twice this season. The first time it was cause it was early in the season and we still weren't firing on all cylinders. The second time is cause we wore out uh, after we took a two nil lead and like totally let the foot off the gas. And they also got one of the best goals I've ever seen in my entire life for them in that instance. But that's why I'm scared of Chelsea. It's because they do that kind of stupid stuff against us all the time. Like yeah. first match, Kai Havertz. I mean, he's good enough to do that. But of all the times for him to score that header, it was against us. Right. Pulisic always seems to score against us, which pisses me off. It makes me have an identity crisis uh, as a fan of a Premier League team and the U.S. national team. I mean, Rudiger is just a sneaky beaver. Like he is the – he's like Pepe, but – more likable like he just will get under your skin and be an, an absolute nuisance but he, he's like weirdly fun while doing it except for when he broke kevin de bruyne's face uh but it, it's just they have that ability to get something from the matches we play them where we're clearly the better team but mm-hmm. that said we've been the better team twice this season and that gives me a lot of confidence going into a final like this uh, mm-hmm. and compounded with the fact that 
they're having a bit of an identity crisis with their attack. I mean, they're playing all of their attacking mids at this point, just because Werner has disappeared off the face of the earth and been like totally space jammed. And Lukaku just is not working. Everyone kind of knew this was going to happen. It's just him and that club. They don't, they don't vibe and it's just not going to work. So that's, that benefits us. But at the same time, they have tricky attackers that they'll Mm -hmm. use in their stead. So I mean, yeah, I think it's it's weird. Sorry to cut you off. I think it's weird. Like if you you started naming players, and and I'm sitting here nodding, like uh, Werner's no big deal, Lukaku's no big deal, but that's like that's Chelsea, right? Like all the all their players individually are not necessarily a threat, but somehow they manage to string it together really well when we play them. I do. I will think the only player that's a threat, <laughs> ironically, the goalkeeper. I think Mendy is really really good. Um, probably behind Allison is the second best keeper in the league. Um, and it, that's even arguable sometimes when he, when he's really on it on a day, um, Mindy is, is really excellent. And I think he's going to be tough to beat in a final setting, especially having come off a final of his own, um, in Afcon, I think he'll, he'll be tough to beat. Yeah. I mean, he's kept them in both matches that we've played them this season and he is a really good keeper. And uh, I mean, the, the one thing we could potentially have going our way is that despite how defensively solid Chelsea were when Tuchel first took over, that isn't really the case anymore. And it probably doesn't help that uh, their two starting wingbacks are out injured and Alonso, while he's good going forward, not the best defensively. They've had to shift Dave out to the right wing back. So it's not the same unit that ended up winning the Champions League last year. It's very adjusted and changed. And they could have multiple looks, but I I think we'll be fine. And we have the the talent to certainly cause them trouble. But who who do you think will take those midfield three spots? Because I feel like... The there are only like two spots that are questionable uh, in the whole lineup. Uh, one is who will be playing next to Van Dyke, and mm-hmm. the other is who will be playing with Thiago and Fabinho in the midfield. Yeah, it's tough. I think it just kind of depends on what Klopp wants from the next round of games. I don't think he'll, he'll play this like a final, but he'll also play it like the Carabao cup final. Like he's, you know, he's not necessarily going to put anybody at risk or rush him back from injury or anything just to try to win this cup that he historically has not cared about at all. And I, in fact, I think he's probably bitter that we're made it this far. <laughs> and we um, accidentally made the final. We accidentally made the final. <laughs> the, if you look ahead to the fixtures, you know, we got Norwich next in the FA cup, and then we have West Ham and then enter again, um, just boom, boom, boom. So the, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked to see Kanate. Um, and I also wouldn't be shocked to see, I think a, a cup final is a great place for Henderson, um, but it wouldn't shock me to see Elliot. Um, and 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 I think I would be fine with either of them or both of them slotting into the team. Uh, it wouldn't take away from anything. Yeah, uh, I, I do hate that that Jota is injured. I think this this is his kind of game. You know, Chelsea is he he shows up, you know, in big games, and I think that. Uh, we will miss him probably, 
But if we go with the same front three that we just played against Leeds, I, I, I don't worry about goals necessarily. I just think that this is a Jota game. I agree, and I think we could reasonably enough convince him that he's playing Leicester, which is his like right. most hated team in the world. Uh, just say, like, hey, that blue team, that's that's Leicester. Go, go score against them because you always do. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, even if we start Diaz, which I think we will because we're out of players up front, uh, like he is – direct and fast enough to where their right side has to completely focus on him because if you give him enough space he will exploit it and put you in trouble so i think we have more to make them think uh about than kind of they do for us in a sense like i feel like we have more likelihood to impose ourselves on the game and uh, have them react a bit more. I think a lot will rest on Conte, who is always fit for this match, as someone pointed out online. Like he's injured every other game of the year, but always manages to be fine for when he's playing us. Mm-hmm. So him and Kovacic in the midfield, like who our big question is who do we think will make them stretch? Uh, and I, I kind of feel like it will end up being Henderson to do that to, since he kind of has the tendency to go, drift out wide and play with Mo and Trent more often and like overload that side to pull one of them wide. But I could see Harvey kind of causing them a headache as well, drifting between them in the back three. Yeah. I think, I think that's why I picked Henderson is because the, you mentioned Alonzo who's not as great at defending Mo's going to pin him back. So there will naturally be space there. And then, you know, maybe Trent or Henderson, draws Conte over, which means that the other one is available for for the you know for the one twos down the line or for the the quick crosses across the box. And so that I do think it'll be Henderson. Um but like you said, even if it's Elliot, he's perfectly capable of of doing excellent in that slot. And I think we'll probably see both of them in the game. I just mm-hmm. don't starting, I do think we'll see Henderson. Yeah, I agree. I also think we'll see Kanate from the start. He seems to be like a cup player, whether it's mm-hmm. the Champions League or the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. Like he, he's in there for size. He's in there to cut out the crosses that Alonso is inevitably going to whip in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we see him just in there to body the three kind of shifty attacking mids that they'll play as part of their attacks. And that that's fine with me. He's, he's doing really well. He, he's a behemoth in the air. So I'm totally okay with that. And I mean, he's, he does so well playing out of the back as well. Like he's not as adventurous as Matip, but then again, who is like, but he, he does exactly what he needs to do to get the attack mm-hmm. going. So totally fine with him being in front of Kelleher who, yeah, he's, I think he's confirmed to start at this mm-hmm. point, unless somebody injures him in training, which could, reasonably happen because that always happens to us right so how are you what, what are you thinking score wise how do you think this match is going to go i think much to Klopp's dismay that we will win the carabao cup <laughs> uh score wise it'll be low scoring you know one nil two one something like that but uh i do think that that you'll see a pissed off Klopp lift the trophy uh on the, this weekend yeah, he's gonna he's gonna throw it down. He's not gonna lift it over his head. He's just gonna throw it on the ground and walk away. <laughs> but, I yeah. also I will make a prediction. Not relate. I mean, sort of related to the Carabao Cup. I think this is. I, I don't think. I think we win a double this year. I don't know which double, but I think we'll win a double. And I think this is the first one. I I actually fully agree with that prediction. Like I I'm not just saying it as someone who's a fan of the team. I think we're 
in a better sh- in better shape going into this match, and that will pay off for us. And we'll end up winning, like you said, probably like two one or like two nil or something. But yeah, getting that first win and seeing like, hey, we won something that City has won for the past who knows how long. Like we can beat them in anything else now. So let's keep going, and and I think that will set the tone for for a, a deep run in, in the league, a deep run in the Champions League, and an accidental progression in the FA Cup as well. Well, we do play Norwich, so yeah. it's, <laughs> that'll be that. That's it. Two cup games back to back. That the Norwich game, if we play all of our starters this weekend, the Norwich game is when like we might call recall Nat Phillips from loan to play <laughs> in that game. Like Klopp is not going to let it happen twice. Yeah, the Norwich match is definitely going to spark some. Who is this foreign guy coming in and disrespecting the FA Cup? Uh, articles that inevitably crop up uh, around this time. But yeah, I, I think we'll see a lot of our youth teamers. I bet we see someone like Kate Gordon again. I bet we see Origi and Minamino score weird goals again. Uh, the the champions who led us this far into the Carabao Cup with their accidental <laughs> goals that they kept scoring. Um, so that'll be their chance again. But yeah, it should be interesting. And I mean, I bet Norwich will I don't know if Norwich will go for it because they're they're in a tough spot. Like, is it better for them to go deep in the cup? Will a cup run help their form, or will it wear them out? That's their big question. They've got to figure out an answer to. I don't, you know, I think Norwich is, despite being in the Premier League, they they go up and down so much that the that championship or lower league mentality will be there for them. You know, they'll get up for for a big game like this, and it, it it's at I think it's at Anfield as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they'll, they'll be, up. I mean, we'll beat them, but they'll be up for it. Yep. And then uh, a game three days after that against West Ham and then the Andrew's favorite against answer. Yeah. West Ham's somehow not the bottom team. I don't understand that despite being the worst team in the world, but uh, looking ahead to those two matches, anything you're concerned about looking out for anything along those lines? Mm. Concerned about, I mean, injuries, obviously, but not, not nothing in terms of threatening position. West Ham can be a bogey team; they're really good. Declan Rice is is excellent, um, and I think you know Jared Bowen is really good as well. Uh, we've seen you know we've seen him come through clutch in a couple of games. West Ham is just tough, you know, like they're they're just they're just hard to play against. They're hard to score on. They, they're annoying, but not in like a Burnley way. They're annoying. And like, you know, you just, it just can't get it over the line for whatever reason. Um, Martinez is a really good goalkeeper as well. No, he's not at West Ham. Nope. Uh, the wrong, wrong maroon team. Uh, no, but I, but I do think that West Ham is, is, is a tough opponent. I don't think we lose, but that could be, the draw that maybe wobbles the, you know, the team a little bit in the title race. Yeah. I I'm a little more optimistic. I'm thinking we're playing them and enter at really good times. Uh, I know before the match against Inter last time, I was like, this is not the time to be playing Inter, but we have since sparked their return to not being as in the title race as before. Um, so I mean, they're, 
they're ha- without Lukaku, Lautaro is also struggling. Like those two are, they had such a good partnership that without the other, they just aren't doing as well. Um, so I, I think playing them at home at, in this moment that we're meeting them is good for us. And kind of same with West Ham. They have not been as tough. They haven't claimed as many points. They haven't had as many big wins as they did early on in the season. I think it's just one of the byproducts of the Europa League and not having as deep a squad as a lot of other teams. And who knows, they might end up drawing Barcelona at this point and have that to worry about uh, before or after our match with them. So uh, a lot to think about uh, for both of those teams that we're playing. And I, I think we're in a good spot to to brush them aside mm-hmm. at this point. We actually have, I think, uh, I think you're right. And you look, our next game after that is Brighton, who is, you know, is a, is a good team most of the time, but we'll probably roll over them. Then we have Arsenal, who is, who will, you know, roll over for us usually. And then Man U. And so we have a pretty favorable, albeit crowded, run of fixtures until that United game. Uh, towards the end of March. So it, it's going to be a fun little period. Yeah, the key will be getting Jota back. Hopefully he's not out for too long. I mean, there's even some rumors that he will be fit enough to be on the bench for the final. Uh, I've seen enough of our injured players to not believe that, but hopefully if he's back after the final, I'm totally okay with that. Right. Uh, all right, listener, that'll about do it for the past month of activity. Uh, a great win streak, a great set of results for us. Uh, let us know how you feel the team's playing. Let us know if you can sing the Luis Diaz song that the Colombian commentator sang after he scored. <laughs> we want to hear your renditions. Uh, and let us know how you're feeling going ahead of this cup final. Will, glad to have you back. Great to see you, hear from you. Happy to be back. Uh, listener, great to have you back after a long time away. Um, as always, this episode is dedicated to the memory of Andrew Ainsworth, uh, who could not be here tonight. Uh, and we will talk to you at a later date.